You are listening to the Cleveland Guardians FanCast, a podcast for fans of the Cleveland baseball team, hosted by Quincy Wheeler. Welcome to the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardian FanCast on Twitter. Email me at Quincy at Guardians FanCast. We're going through our top 10 Cleveland baseball games from 2021. And today I'm going to take us to a game that I don't think will show up on a lot of folks' top 10 lists, but it was notable for me for a couple different reasons. So coming into this game, May 31st, 2021, the Guardians had just lost the opening game of a doubleheader 8-6 to the Chicago White Sox. And that was a killer because the White Sox went to 33-20 and and the Guardians fell to 29 and sorry 28 and 24 and it just seemed like the gap between the two teams was just widening to the point where there wasn't a lot of hope for the guardians to catch them especially with the injuries that the guardians were dealing with at the time to fran mil reyes to aaron savali oh sorry to shane bieber shane bieber injury was just something that had begun to pop up at this point aaron savali would happen a little bit later zach plesak out of the rotation a lot of rotation issues so that was what they were facing. Now, going into this game was exciting because this was Cal Quantrill's first start. Cal Quantrill, uh, kind of a darling of Cleveland baseball Twitter at the time, coming into the season. A lot of folks saying, hey, give this guy a chance to start. Look at his peripheral stats, indicates that he can probably figure something out, especially with Ruben Niebla and the rest of the Cleveland pitching staff working with him. Up to this point, Quantrill hadn't looked great in the bullpen so it was kind of hard to make that argument except for the fact that hey the pitching staff was struggling so it's the second half of a double header let's make sure that Quantrill gets a chance to start and see how far he goes so this wasn't the point where Quantrill was a permanent part of the rotation that was yet to come but it was a glimpse of what Quantrill could offer against a good Chicago White Sox lineup so Quantrill starts off and he's looking pretty good in this game he's facing off against Jimmy Lambert uh, that classic household name, what a pitching matchup. We talked about Bieber versus Giolito. Now we're talking about Quantrill versus Lambert, of course. Everyone on the national TV networks was uh, to- was uh, totally dialed in for this game. So we follow along a little bit. Zimmer, Bradley Zimmer drives in Harold Ramirez after a Jake Bauer single. Hopefully those are three names in combination we'll never hear on a Guardians roster again. All apologies to Bradley Zimmer and Harold Ramirez and Jake Bowers, who seem like they're decent people. I just would rather not see them playing for my baseball team. I want to note that we got to see Danny Mendick again, who is still a loser and still strikes out. And then we see Billy Hamilton hit a double. Uh, Billy Hamilton makes contact. He does some pretty great things. And he doesn't often make contact, but he did here. And then he's driven home by Nick Madrigal, who hits a single. And I just want to take a second to make fun of the White Sox for trading Nick Madrigal for Craig Kimbrell, who fell apart as a reliever, as relievers often do. How can you trade a player who can hit the ball like Madrigal and be your everyday second baseman and then think Cesar Cesar Hernandez is going to cover things for you and dump him in a year for a relief pitcher? 
What a dumb move. Thank you, Chicago White Sox. Really appreciate that. Of course, this game features something that's a welcome sight to all Cleveland baseball fans. It's Jose Ramirez socking a home run on an inside pitch. This time it's a changeup that he just takes out, pulls out of the ballpark to give the Guardians the lead permanently in this ballgame. And I remember watching this game, and man, every time Jose swings like that, you just pump your fist because you know what's going to happen. I love watching that man pull the inside pitches. I saw a statistic about how many foul balls Ramirez hits, and he can get to anything inside, which kind of worries me sometimes about how people just keep throwing inside further and further on him, and they hit him a lot for that reason. Jose's amazing because he never complains about getting hit. I think some of his teammates should probably stand up for him on that, though, to say, like, hey, stop hitting him. Uh, but if I was a pitcher, I think I'd probably just continue to try to bust him inside because even though he'll oftentimes get his wrist out there far enough to hurt you, if you throw it inside far enough, he still might swing at it because he just seems to know that if he can get that inside pitch, he'll pull it out of the ballpark. And so it's a dangerous game, but it might be the best way to get him out many times. doesn't work here. That changeup inside, he's going to hit that the vast majority of the time. Lambert should have rethought that idea. Another interesting fact about this game, who remembers that Kyle Nelson actually pitched for us in 2021? It didn't go especially well. Uh, I remember when he was there, and it seems like that's about it for Kyle Nelson and the Guardians. Um, he's one of those guys that kind of doesn't throw hard enough to get you too excited, but seemed like he could kind of get folks out on a semi-regular basis. Didn't quite work out, but weird to see him show up here. Nick Wickren comes in. Man, I have lots of good feelings about Nick Wickren over the time that he spent with the team. But, man, it wasn't a good year for him in 2021. He ends up striking out Madrigal, which is really hard to do, and Grandal to end the inning. So good job for him. I'm hopeful that he and his family have some success this season elsewhere. Um, they certainly deserve it. Phil Maton comes in with his incredible spinning curveball and takes care of business. I was sad to see the Guardians trade him, but absolutely supportive of it because they traded a reliever to get an everyday position player of value. Unlike the opposite of that, which is what the White Sox did. Smart teams do what Cleveland did. Trade a reliever, get a above average everyday player, not the other way around. And we see that show up in this game. Maton shows some of his potential. He showed that with the Astros, did pitch well for them in the postseason and at the end of the year. But we'd rather have Miles Straw overall, so good move, Cleveland front office. Finally, it kind of shocked me as I was watching the game. I'm like, wait, why is Classe in the seventh, bottom of the seventh? And then I realized, oh yeah, it's because this is a seven-inning game. So we'll see if that happens in the future. Uh, but kind of a weird quirk. I wonder if we'll, over the years, look back at these games and say, oh yeah, the seven-inning doubleheader games, wasn't that a weird time? But here you see, I think Colossae is starting to work out some of his stuff, uh, get striking guys out. He kind of had a, uh, a lull period uh, the next month where he didn't pitch quite as well. And then sometime around the All-Star break and after, he really started putting things together and getting some more strikeouts and becoming the dominant pitcher he seems to be capable of being. So the Guardians win the game 3-1, to one, and we get a good start from Cal Quantrill who goes through three and two-thirds innings, gives up four hits and one earned run and strikes out five, and then uh, kind of gives you the glimpse of what he was to do the rest of the year where he became a very effective starter, and hopefully he'll continue to be that for years to come. 
Uh, Jose Ramirez kind of the star with the two-run homer, and uh, as he usually is. So this game kind of stands out for me as that moment where the Guardians are like, hey, we're still here. We're still hanging with the White Sox a little bit, as well as a reminder of what Quantrill and Jose Ramirez meant to the team. So that's our number three highlighted game from the 2021 Cleveland Guardian season. We'd love to hear what some of your highlighted games were for April and May. As the next game we look at, we'll turn the page to June. And hope you're having a great week These and enjoying these kind of shorter episodes as we get our way towards Christmas. A little bit of time is a little bit cramped. But have a chance to talk about these games. Make sure you look up the recap, which I'll put in the description of this episode. And I'll also provide it as a link if you're following us on Twitter so you can watch the game and kind of remind yourself of this uh, forgotten gem from the Cleveland uh, baseball season. So hope you're having a good time as you prepare for Christmas. Hope you're enjoying yourself. And uh, hopefully you got some Cleveland Guardians gear and baseball paraphernalia uh, to celebrate the season. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. Music is provided by purpleplanet.com. That is purple-planet.com. Our intro song is purchased licensed from pond5.com.